So here's the problem. We got into yoga for peace and tranquility and then tried to make it our livelihood and lifestyle. We became students, teachers, studio owners, or retreat center builders. Then we realized it's still not that easy. Welcome to Dharmify with Hargobind. I'm your host. Here, I'll share the systems, tools, tips, and stories to bring the lessons of yoga into our chaotic lives. What's up, everybody? Hope you're having an awesome day. It's Hargobin. I want to talk to you about excavating your soul. And I call excavating your soul the, the deep look into our obstacles, the deep look into our pain, our failures, our mistakes, shameful activities, thoughts we don't like. And I think that this, in almost everybody, is a book and especially if you're in the yoga health wellness space and you're looking for a book and you're wondering how do I get there this is a book and if you start to document all of your lows which none of us want to do and is really counterintuitive because even in all of our social media and our marketing we're trying to put our best foot forward we're trying to look beautiful we're trying to say nice things share inspiring quotes we're missing the point and we're missing the point in that what's universal is overcoming obstacles and that if you can be the guide to help someone overcome an obstacle by sharing real authentic emotional high vibration experiences of 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 getting back up when you've been knocked down you've got a book and especially if you can stitch enough of these experiences together over a period of time, you're going to have an epic story to tell. And when I was doing Dharmify, I, I didn't realize what my actual book was until I got a couple more beatdowns. And really, West Virginia, my Casa and Potomac project, was such a beating that it made the book. And if I hadn't had done West Virginia and hadn't had the foresight to document my lows, I would have never gotten the book done. And it really took me, I mean, almost 20 years in business for me to realize that the real gold is uh, when, you're, when you're at the bottom of the cycle. If you think about great books and some of my favorite personal development, self-help books, uh, or, or actually biographies, and the two that come to mind are Walter Isaacson's uh, Steve Jobs book and Sam Walton's autobiography, Made in America. And the reason I love these two autobiographies is because I think they highlight the two real sides of American business, where you've got the leftist, hippie, creative, beautiful California story in Steve Jobs and Silicon Valley, Valley and Apple computers um, and, and the development of the iPhone and, and that just amazing success story. On the flip side, you have the conservative, you've got the right wing, you've got the uh, country, you've got country music, hunting, um, small town, family, community, Christian uh, story of, of, of Sam Walton and, and of Walmart. And 
I certainly come from that leftist, you know, spiritual, you know, Steve Jobs, they said the only book on his iPad was Autobiography of a Yogi. He talks about, you know, going, going to Asia and, you know, his spiritual development. That's definitely not Sam Walton. Sam Walton went hunting. He, he, he grew up in a small town. And what I love about the Sam Walton story is he had a chip on his shoulder. And he was from, he was from middle of nowhere and Arkansas where, you know, the, the, the coastal elites looked down on him and thought he would never make, you know, an epic business. And he, he had no place on Wall Street because there's no money in these, you know, lame, podunk, loser, you know, backward, uneducated, small, small town places. And, and Sam Walton was like, hey, everybody deserves quality products. Everybody deserves a great price. Everybody, everybody deserves, you know, everybody deserves respect and dignity. And it's not, it's not just for, for people from the coasts, you know, that, that look down on us. And so he goes out and creates this epic, you know, business success story and you can criticize it for however you want. But from his perspective and, and from his culture and from where he's from, you know, he was doing, he was doing his people right in the best, best way that he knew how. And, and so I love both of these books because I think they tell the story of, you know, people that start with nothing and, and come from a place and represent their culture and rep their, rep their style and, and go make it happen. The problem with these stories for the rest of us that are writing books in our 30s is we really haven't done enough to, 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 to be the expert. There, there's nothing I'm gonna say or do that could that could pass an argument that hey, you know, I have something to value compared to Walmart or the iPhone. It, it's just it's not gonna happen for someone in their 30s. I mean, maybe if you're you know LeBron James or you're someone who has achieved at such a high level that you know, you just tell people, hey, this is what it's like to win six championships in the NBA and make a half a billion dollars. And you know, it's pretty cool, man. I'm from Akron. <laughs> Go read that story. You know, don't read my book. You know, read, read LeBron James's book. But the thing that all of us have to offer that has not uh, won six championships or has not started the epic... Um, you know, did not invent the iPhone and, and has, you know, a great biographer that's going to write an 800 page book about you. Um, and, and with nuances and insights and, and experiences, what we have is overcoming obstacles because the universal thing that, that all of us is looking for in positive development is, is, is how to on overcoming obstacles. And as you start to document those stories, the stuff gets really good. So I want to tell you a little bit about India. I want to tell you about West Virginia. I want to tell you about Mexico. And I want to tell you, I want to just, I, I wish more than anything that I had been documenting and writing uh, when, when I started my first business in India, because I started a calf and a calf is just like a Punjabi word for, for a store. And I used to, um, 
it actually started because the 12th graders, I was in ninth grade at the time, so I was three years younger than these guys. These guys all came together and they got permission from the school and it was, it was all the 12th graders got together and they started a little store and they were going to be in charge of it and it was going to be part of their business classes. You know, they would go out into town and do purchasing and come back and, you know, they'd run the store and it was going to be a group communal business development experience and the problems just began from the get-go guys wouldn't show up for their shifts there was arguments as to who was working more than the others there was theft and pilferage and when they lost money there was questions as to who was put in more money certain people didn't want to do the accounting other people didn't want to go into town and and do you know do purchasing so it was your typical communal business experience that fell apart and it fell apart because there was no ownership and it was just your classic argument of capitalism over over communism where when you have a group of people where some people are working harder than others just the resentment builds and equal distribution they were supposed to share the profits but then there was losses and they all started blaming each other for why who ran it into the ground whose fault it was it was just it was just such your incubator uh, as to why communal communalism fails and and so I watched the whole thing as a ninth grader. You know, I'm, I'm 14 years old and I'm sitting here and I'm watching these guys run this thing into the ground. And so they run it into the ground and close the shop. <laughs> and I was like, man, here's my chance. Like, here's my opportunity. So I go, to, I go to one of the 12th graders who I thought was the smartest one. And I said to him, I said, bro, why don't we reopen the calf together? We'll be partners. You and me will go 50-50. You know, we'll put equal money in and we'll go make it happen. And you have to realize it's just like any other high school where it's like, I'm a freshman. I don't know anything. You know, uh, I I'm a chump. And But I go to this guy and I'm like, listen, you got to be in on this with me because nobody will take me seriously. I I'm, I'm a ninth grader and you're a 12th grader, but let's do this thing together. So we go in and we start it and I work all day, you know, I'm going into town, like my Punjabi got so much better. I go to the wholesale market. I go to the fruit market. I'm, I'm buying all this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm riding on cycle rickshaws and we used to bundle up all our goods and like cut up cardboard with jute, with uh, the jute. Uh, rope, you tie it in, you get a big old box of stuff, you show up. We didn't have shelves, we didn't have fridges when we started, we just lay out all the goods on the table uh, and just make up prices and start selling it to people. Eventually, I got the Coca-Cola company to give me a big old refrigerator. Started out with like an ice box, I break up all the ice and put it in there. And literally like after school, I just sit in my shop, just like every other Punjabi, and, and sell all my goods to everybody. And people would buy it. The document thing I should have done was started to annotate and leave notes with all the mistakes that I made. The first year we started out really good. Things were working. We had good tight controls on the business. The next year I ran into so many problems. My pilferage went way up. I found out later on 
that a few of the other kids had actually copied the key to the store door. And so they just go in and rob me at night. Another story I heard was just this kid would figure out when everyone was looking away, he would crawl behind the ice cream machine and scoop out ice creams. <laughs> there were so many scams that were getting run on the store that I couldn't possibly make a profit. So that next year, I'm struggling so hard with my pilferage. And I'm sitting there at night and going over the books and can't figure out why my inventory is disappearing. The other problem that I had where I was sitting here looking at the stuff was that because we were all, or most of us were Americans in India, we all had this sensitivity to price gouging. And there was a whole, everywhere we went, people would charge us more because we had light skin and we were generally young. So my core group of friends developed so much animosity to price gouging. And so amongst our group, I was trapped because I was facing so much pilferage, but at the same time, I couldn't raise prices on my goods. So that year, that year, I think I was in 10th or 11th grade because I ended up skipping a grade. So I was actually in 11th grade because I skipped 10th grade. That's another story I got to tell you someday. <laughs> that was genius. Um, I go into 11th grade and I'm losing money. And so I go through the whole year. I'm working super hard. I got my own business, doing cool stuff and, 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 and stressing. And I remember, I think I'm 15 at the time, just under huge business stress and documenting a 15 year old, like a teenager under business stress would have been so valuable because really at 15, your brain is still developing. But to be able to take that kind of pounding in business where you're struggling to make payroll, struggling to pay your vendors, trying to make decisions as to whether to purchase more product or, 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 or raise prices or try to liquidate what you have to get cash for the stuff that you need. This is universal stuff that in the, in the context of India, and, and really the lessons that you learn on the streets of India running things in cash, especially back then, would have just made such a great book. But I, I didn't document any of it. So, you know, I'd have to go back and, you know, try to recreate the stories. But this is where the real interesting lesson was for me, is that year I didn't raise prices because I was ashamed to. That if I had raised prices, my small group of core best friends would have all turned on me. And so I couldn't be open that, well, I'm losing money and I may have to close the store and I'm under huge amounts of stress. But if I had raised money, then I was just another person taking advantage of the situation. And so I was trapped because it was like uh, the crabs crawling out of the bowl and pulling the other crabs back down and so all the crabs die in the bowl type of thing. Maybe you've read that. Basically what it is, you put a bunch of crabs in a bowl and they could all get out if they built a chain, but instead of 
them helping each other out. As soon as one of the crabs sees the other crabs get out, they pull them back into the bowl. And so they all die in the bowl. So that's what happened to my business, is I was a crab trying to escape, but my, my peer group uh, resented me charging, charging prices high enough to make a profit. And so they pull, we all pulled ourselves back into the bowl and killed, killed the business, almost. 12th grade rolled around, and my friend Simran, he, he knew the solution. He took a look at it. He, he ended up being my business partner uh, in that last year, and he was like, Hargobin, you're crazy. You need to raise prices and invest in better infrastructure. And so the step up that Simran taught me was raise your prices and increase the quality of what you're doing. You can't listen. You can't listen to the people criticizing you for, for, for trying to do a high-quality project. If you need to raise prices, raise your, raise your prices. Stop being afraid. And, and, and that's honestly something that we all need to hear over and over again is if your business isn't working before you quit, at least try to raise your prices. At, at least, you know, go for it and, and, and then use your profits to deliver high, higher quality product. And so that, would, that whole lesson of the fundamentals of the business just makes for great stories. Like even I'm entertained. Second story I want to share with you comes from Mexico. And I moved to Mexico. My Spanish is terrible. You know, I had a little bit of Spanish in, in Querétaro in my in exchange program. But really, my Spanish was not up to par. I decided to do Casa O, Mexico, where we buy a rundown, failed yoga retreat center. We got a great deal on it put a little bit of money down. The owner agreed to finance it over seven years. Allows us to get into the project for, for next to nothing. Problem is, it's a disaster. A total disaster that we've got to remodel and, and turn into something that, that, that people want to visit. So I get there and I have issues of communication. One time I told my plumber, I said, I'll meet you at your house in Cancun and I'll pick you up and we'll go to Home Depot. He hears, I'll meet you at your house and he comes to Puerto Morelos. I show up at his house. He takes the bus to Puerto Morelos. I'm wandering around some house in Cancun looking for him. He calls me from the house in, in Puerto Morelos and I'm in Cancun <laughs> and I have to drive back to Puerto Morelos to pick him up, you know. So, so many comedy of errors types of mistakes. I meet a shaman. He tells me this story. He sees what I get myself into. <laughs> and he's just laughing not incessantly about my misunderstanding of Mexican culture. He tells me this story of an American and a Mexican. They go into business together and they buy a piece of land and they go pitch an investor group. And they pitch the investor group on buying into this idea. And the idea that they present is we're going to develop the land, we're going to create a shopping mall and rent it out to a bunch of shops. And the investors say, hmm, well, tal vez, you know, maybe. What, what else do you have? 
and the investors come back or the developers come back and they say, well, we'll buy the land and we're going to develop it into uh, housing and we'll, we'll make single family homes and sell it off to everybody and split the profits. The, the investor group, they listen and they're like, hmm, tal vez, no sé, maybe this will work. What other ideas do you have? And so the last idea they come up with, they say, we'll, we'll develop a mix of shops at the bottom and condos at the top and it'll be mixed use between commercial, residential. And developers say, no, no, that's it. We're, 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 no. So they're like, okay, well, well, you know, we'll get back to you. So the American and the Mexican, they leave the meeting and the American's kind of hopeful and feeling optimistic. And he heard, you know, maybe there's two maybes and Mexican, he's listening and he, he's just totally depressed. And the Mexican's feeling like, yeah, he's all bummed out. So the Mexican, the American's like, oh, don't be so sad. You know, like they said, maybe to two of the proposals. Let's see. Let's see what they say. And they just didn't like the last one. And the Mexican's like, well, what did you what do we, what did you hear? And he's like, well, you know, there's, there's some potential here. And the Mexican stops him and just looks the American in the eye and says, "Listen, when a Mexican says yes, he means maybe. And when he says maybe, he means no. And if a Mexican ever tells you no, he means go fuck yourself." And so this, this was the education. This was the education that I, I had to put myself through in Mexico. It's just, it's a different world. And the communication and, and lessons are different. But as, if I had started to document more of this, because in Mexico, I had picked up on a few things that I really did need to start documenting what I was doing. And so I did, still started tying some of the stories together. But I, I, near, I wasn't nearly as, as, as diligent as, as I would get in, in, in West Virginia. But another story, another story from Mexico was I was totally out of money. And I'm rolling through Mexico in Cancun and we go to Home Depot and we're buying up a bunch of, bunch of plumbing fixtures. And, and, and I was getting so tight and starting to worry about making payroll. And, and so... I go to these guys, or we, we're driving through Cancun, and my plumber points out this other hotel or this other uh, condo project that he worked on. He said, "You know, the guy, the general contractor here runs out of money and can't pay the workers, and then one day he's just dead. These guys literally killed him and left him for dead in the middle of the condominium project, and really just." murdered him right in the middle of the construction project and these guys are laughing and I'm sitting in the back seat and, and I'm just I'm just like oh god <laughs> like no like and so so I'm running out of money too and these guys all know I'm running out of money and and there was so many of these stories like so many of these stories where just so much, so much crime went down on, on, on that first project. People stole my, like all my paint one day. The the tile work that I that I bought 
it turned out to be some type of super sketchy deal uh, between the owner of the place and the guy who sold me the stuff. So, but I, I was sloppy about it. But this story, so, 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 so they, they tell me the story about this guy getting murdered. And so, so I'm standing there, I'm standing there at the top of the building. There was no railing at the top of Costco. And I'm looking over the side of the building and just kind of thinking like, maybe these guys will throw me off the building if I don't pay them. And, you know, I'm stressing out. And so I call my dad and I kind of tell him the story. And, and my dad says to me, he says, uh, do you think they're gonna hurt you? <laughs> and I remember my dad's such a sweet guy. He's just the nicest guy I've ever got a chance to meet him. And I knew like, as soon as my dad said that, I was like, well, worst come to worst, I got another investor in on the project. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, you, you just, you can't get this stuff until, until you go for it. You, you can't possibly have the stories of just my fear of getting murdered and then and then realizing, wow, like, if I die, you know, the, the, the pain and anguish that happens from, from the other people, you know, when you go for it on these projects and you're going to stick your neck out there and, and, and go for it. Uh, there's just there's two people there's two types of people out there there's just the people that have stuck the neck out there and gone for it and there's the people there's the people that have never never looked over the side of the building wondering maybe maybe this is how I die you know in Mexico um, since then though we've built this epic palapa area uh, at Mexico uh, but every time I walk up there I, I, I remember that thought of you know, with no railings and getting tossed off my own building. But that wasn't going to be the end. But there is just a difference. There's just a difference between the entrepreneur who, who's been through it and, and and looked up from from or looked at the top of the building, and and the guys that have that have never that have never gone there yet. And and, and that's a good story. But uh, I should have documented even better at, at the bottom of the at the bottom of the cycle there where I was struggling, because it would have been realer and it would have been more raw. I can recount it now, but it, it's just not the same as uh, as sticking your neck out there. Third story uh, I want to tell is from West Virginia, because by the time I got to West Virginia, I had realized the best stories were at the bottom. And that if I was gonna finish the book, I needed to tell, I needed to tell those struggles. And if I went back to my Facebook, which is how I used, Facebook is really, really useful for documenting your, your stories because you get instant, you get instant feedback from it and it'll keep you going and you can develop a reader base. And, and that was actually really helpful for me was to document these sort of in real time on Facebook, just through Facebook posts, long form Facebook posts. But things got so dicey in West Virginia that I, I actually had to stop. And I had to stop because I thought that if I lost control of the project and a bunch of people started suing me, that they would then use my documentations of the bottom of the cycle against me. And so I was scared. I, I was actually scared. I was both scared and I, I couldn't deal with the drama. I, I, I literally, I, I was so exhausted 
and stressed and out of cash that I, I knew if I kept documenting how bad things got that it would come back to make things even worse for me. That as I was spiraling out of control of the project and losing quality workers and people were quitting on me and people I owed money to that I was negotiating with and ultimately I, I, I felt like I, I dealt everybody right in when, when things turned on me but if if I had kept documenting it and talking about it as I was failing it was like a reality TV show from hell and and so I literally had to just turn the turn the story off but if I had kept going <laughs> the book would have been even better and and that's a decision that you'll have to come to is whether whether you want, whether whether you know, whether at some point you do just want to turn it off and 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 and, and kind of you can cre create so many problems for yourself that that the whole thing spirals out of control and ultimately a lot of people did me wrong also like that cannot be uh, I wasn't the only one that made mistakes in here but I didn't want to be the guy calling people out on social media and I didn't want to be the one publishing other people's faults because I didn't, I, I didn't want to do that. I, I, their personal development and spiritual growth is, is their responsibility. I, I, it's not my job to, to, to and, and so to call people out and, and make things worse for them, then it just becomes a weapon that I'm using against them. But I also made mistakes. And I was also completely responsible for my situation, even though it wasn't super nice that people steal my tools and steal my money and do work, say they could do work that they couldn't do. That, that it was not nice. So I had to walk a fine line is, is what I'm getting at in, in writing your story and, and, and telling, telling your book that you want to document the lows, but I didn't feel it was my place to, to be calling people out. And, and so that also made it tricky in the moment. So if there is a way for you to document it, whether it's through voice memos, through a journal, through however you can do it, the stuff becomes the gold of your personal development book. And, and that, I think, alone, once you've got enough cycles, and even, even when bad things happen to you, you'll be like, yeah, I'm going to stick that in my book. <laughs> and, and so it, it puts some sugar, it puts some sugar in, in, in the sour, where, where then the things that happen to you just become greater stories and, and greater things to talk about and tell. So that's, that's what I got for you uh, today. On, on the content for developing your book. I hope it's useful to you, and uh, if, if I can be of any use to you, you can always reach out to me, shoot me a text, send me an email, uh, find me on, on Instagram or Facebook, and uh, I hope you guys have a beautiful day. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, I think you'll love my book, Dharma Five, a daily practice to get your mind right, your business tight, 
Be a love light so you feel all right. It's available at Amazon.com. Also, you want to learn more about Dharmify? Try my course, Seven Days of Dharmify, which is available at Dharmify.com. Finally, come visit me. Come see Casa Om Potomac. Come see Casa Om Mexico. I'll show you the best time. Lastly, if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with someone that you love. Please leave me a comment. Send me a note on Facebook. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you want to hear more of. I'll be sure to get you the best I possibly can. I wish you all a beautiful day. Stay Dharmified.